0: Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, Baobab, stand my ground Throw these money, trees go overseas like Percy Town. I'll make sure you stay around when I'm under loud No is allowed me Positivity took a vow I always play to win Don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown My boy Never think about the drop Never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to it sports fans It is the MKT show um, Today is A bit of an interesting one Because I'm doing what they call Taking a sick day Which I don't often do Uh, It hasn't happened a lot to me in the last decade, but I'm at home and I thought, I don't want to be one of those people that are so brave just for being alive, you know, and I do have maybe the easiest job in the world. Talking for a living is ridiculous. So I thought you can't not do a podcast, even though now it's going to sound, I don't know, some of of our last few shows not not sounding so good I don't like that but what do you do you know Um, yeah so a lot of people saying when are you coming back when are you going to be on video we're working on that I'm supposed to be in America right now Um, but we came back early because America didn't work out how we wanted it to so we're trying to pivot towards finding our own space so that's where we are and as soon as I find a space that's appropriate and we'll take the show to, to the next level. I also don't want to just go back to video and be on the same level we were on before because that's just that's ridiculous. People have invested in the show now. Um, and as much as I, I want to deliver that content to people, I think it's also it's a it's a crappy thing to do to, to keep giving people the same level of service. And expect them to keep investing their time, you know. So that's why the delay on things like what's happening with production value. Why are you doing this? Should be in America. Am not. That's a whole different story. Maybe I'll do a whole podcast about it sometime. But anyway, I'm here dying as we all are. You know, we've got to face that. But I thought, let me do a podcast. Now, I don't have a proper, proper, proper mic set up at home. But I do have like a pretty cheap mic, not as nice as like Ryan has, or we have at the studio. But I thought, let's, let's get a podcast done, Damn it, You know, you've got a great job. Anyway, MKT show, sports show. So I thought today I would, um, do more rambling than I usually do. So I get a lot of questions. Maybe, maybe I'll do that. Let me, I'll, uh, maybe I should have written this down because I'm actually usually well-prepared, not today. Not today. Uh, so what I'll, what I'll do today is, uh, what I haven't done this week, we've had an interesting show. Um, yesterday's show was unbelievable, by the way. Imphul Magali is one of the most remarkable human beings ever. Um, so we're working towards the Saints Rugby Festival and yesterday's show was unbelievable. Imphul Magali, who's not a what? He, he wants me to tell people. Um, <laughs> that guy's hilarious and peasy. Uh, so he was on yesterday. We were talking about Saints Rugby Fest. That's what we're working towards. Uh, look out for some content in around that. Um, but what I haven't done is right, wrong. I do that every generally every Monday. Um, but this Monday, we worked on more Saints Festival stuff. So I haven't done that. And then I'll talk a little bit about Jurgen Klopp versus sort of where Manchester United are. Um, they got the victory yesterday against Benfica. But I was thinking about yesterday is how come Jürgen get so much credit and all he's done really is one title? Which, I mean, he's getting discussed in the same breath as like Pep and Jose Mourinho. And and I think, I've got a theory on why, so I'll get to that. Um, Jürgen Klopp versus everybody else. Yeah, Yeah, Listen, Liverpool are humming right now. Diaz, what a signing. And I think Diaz is related to why Jürgen get such love all right we'll get to that but let me address some other questions um a lot of people ask on the show do you prepare for the show do you just freestyle you know so no i'm i'm actually a very very rigid person um i don't really like sort of chaos Uh, i don't like it on my show either or, or anything that i do so the show is very prepared um so, I don't know if you're supposed to let people look behind the curtain, but I'm a very prepared person and the rule that I go by and it's a so my hero, my broadcast hero is a guy called Larry King, right? Uh, if you if you're a little young, you might not know who that is. Um but his rule was if you're doing an hour content, it's 2 hours prep. So I try and put about 3 hours of prep into a 2 hour show. Um and that's not always necessarily sitting down and making notes, but it's reading, um, and those kinds of things. Which is a little bit easier now because I watch a lot of sort of YouTube football content, rugby content, NFL content, which is which is my favourite. Those are my three favourite sports because Test cricket doesn't care about us. So to be honest, I've fallen out of love with cricket and you'll you'll probably hear less and less cricket content and it's it's probably gonna lean more heavily into into football. Um I think. I think you'll hear more boxing content. I want to do more boxing content because I I love boxing. I watch a lot of boxing. Probably, I watch I watch an extraordinary amount of boxing actually. So, so yeah. Uh, to answer that question, I've had that question in the DMs quite a lot. Do I just freestyle the show? No, super prepared on my part. And then generally with uh, with a team is those guys are that they know what's gonna be on the show, but they don't really. Um, I like that guys can respond to stuff that I say. So, you know, they can they can do their own research and stuff like that, but generally guys are just responding to stuff that I've prepared and a running order, and then we take it from there. So um, it's all it's all generally I work with a bunch of guys that generally know what's going on in terms of sport. Um so yeah, that that's to answer that one. And uh what are the other questions that I get? Oh, what's Gareth Cliff like? Um, so for those who don't know, I'm no longer at Cliff Central. Um, and everybody's a, a few people asking, oh, no, what happened? Um, people take a different direction in life. You don't have to fall out with people. Or, or, I, I don't believe in order for you to take a different direction in life, things have to be bitter. Still love Cliff Central, love what they do. Um, but the MKT Show is now my full commitment. It's what I do. And you can look out for for some cool stuff coming along. Um, Gareth Cliff's Awesome. Um, I, I'm not like an advocate for speaking for him because I don't think he needs to be defended or have anybody speak for him, but he's cool. He's just a good dude. I, I get that a lot. I, that's the one I probably get the most um, because he's quite a – I don't find him that evocative or, or provocative. I just think he's um, he speaks his mind, and I, I like that in people. There's very few people in the world because people don't like blowback. So – um I like that Gareth speaks his mind and he defends he defends ideas. And I think it's I mean, I don't wanna be old head guy, but you know Gareth and I are actually very different people because Gareth cares a lot about people actually. Um whereas I'm I'm more standoffish. I'm not really I'm not really like a, a hugging peoples person. Where Gareth is very much concerned about how people are doing uh, their development, um, how they're feeling he, he really is into that. So I'm more into defending ideas and, and, and good ideas, not just ideas um, and I, I'm you know I live in a world where just because you're offended it doesn't mean you're right and I'll, I'll never move away from that. So uh, Gareth's cool. he's very cool uh, for those who still wonder, good guy relaxed. Super relaxed. Um, and yeah, that's what he's like. It's a great working environment. I think it's... I think Cliff Central has been a platform for a lot of people to go to the next level, which I think um, they can be very proud of and should be very proud of. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's the other one that I get. I get a lot of exercise questions and I, I don't really like to address that one because... Because, you, you know, I'm quite... I'm quite sort of I think I think I can be quite harsh in that sense because I've never understood a world where I'm not in shape. And ultimately you can only see the world through your own eyes, you know? And people go through stuff, I guess it's um it's probably not the right approach to just apply a blanket approach, it's like get to gym or whatever. So the reason I don't address the exercise thing too much. And why I probably don't do. I, I might start doing some because because a lot of people are asking me for like what do you do for exercise, um, how often should I be exercising, how do I start, um, but I'm quite militant, which it turns out people don't like that. <laughs> Most people like um, you got to you got to lean into people's feelings, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Actually, about how making people feel a certain way matters, it turns out. Which maybe maybe that's a skill I need to develop. So it's why I don't do too much fitness stuff because I'm just too militant. Like I'm like, just get out there. You know, if you want to do something, do it. What you know, I think um I think motivation's such an interesting word, but probably needs a different podcast and a different platform. So for those people who always ask me sliding the DMs and saying, do more motivational stuff. Do more I'm like, oh man. I don't want to be that guy because I like to do stuff. Uh, you, you know, I already talk for a living. And something so personal to me as well is exercise is quite a personal thing to me. I take great pride in sort of my f- sort of physical acumen. It's a big part of my identity and always has been. It's I, I always say to people, it's the one thing where I've always found value in myself. Like since I was young, I could play a sport and people go, wow, you know, and I'm like, oh, awesome. I like that. I like that feeling. So so outside of the extrinsic gifts of people saying, wow, now I'm a little bit older, can't run as fast, can't kick a ball as far as I could when I was 18, 19, 20. But I can do other stuff. You know, I can run 100 milers and, and 100K races. And that it's a gift to myself, really. And I'm not really a sharing person. So maybe I need to work on that as well. Start sharing sort of the gifts of um, of. Being where I am physically, turning 36 in a little bit in a month's time, and I feel fitter than ever. I'm definitely, as, look, I'm 15 kilograms lighter than I was at my physical peak in high school, which is probably the strongest I've ever been, uh, playing sort of rugby in matric, 85 kgs, absolute stud. Then I was like 5-6% body fat, so I was an absolute animal back then, but I, I, I feel as strong now as... Um, as I was 15 kilograms heavier than I am now. So it, it feels good. And then I think I've, I've probably got more of an engine now because I've been training for seven, eight years for endurance. So so yeah, that's why I don't talk about, I don't know if that's answered the question, actually. Um, should I be talking more about health, physical endurance? And also, by the way, there is a distinct line between just because you, you, you're you fit, it doesn't mean you're healthy, because performance sometimes pushes be, pushes people to points where it's not healthy, where it's results-orientated, right? Um, so you've got to be careful of that line, just presuming because somebody's got a six-pack, they're healthy. Um, and there's no perfection. It's tough to get that across to people as well, because we live in the Instagram world where everyone's six-pack's perfect. There's no Perfection. You, you you got to, you got to, it's a grind, you know, and the old adage is, and I want to be great at whatever I do is greatness is a price you must pay daily. So there is, there, there is no nirvana. There is no, um, there, there's no end line to this thing. And here's what I will say on this front. A lot of the questions I get start off with, I want to lose weight, and that I don't reply to that stuff. And I'll tell you why. I don't reply to that because losing weight is a terrible reason to start exercising. Because pretty soon, you're going to lose the motivation for that. Losing weight's a terrible thing. I always try and get this across to people. Can you see yourself doing whatever you're starting in 30 years' time? right because it's about health for me it's what drives me I want quality of life. so if you say you want to lose weight, there's lots of ways. just go and buy a shake and I don't know whatever people do and you can feel good for five months, but then you're gonna run out run out of motivation because that's a it's a really it's a really superficial reason and and we all respond to different incentives, but you need a deeper reason than just losing weight, and I would start to probably what works for me is quality of life. And that addresses a lot of different parts of yourself. And I think it's probably a deeper and more sustainable motivation of, I'd like to make health a part of my life for the rest of my journey. than just, I want to lose weight because you're going to stop losing weight soon. Like you might lose, it's really easy to lose five kgs. And then it starts to become a slog because then you've got to lose 15 kgs. Or, or whatever it is, I don't know what people's targets are. so I have I, I don't step on scales anymore. Um, yeah, because i I just I, I just do I feel good, you know, quality of life. Um, yeah, and so that's what I'd say. That's what I'd say, look for quality of life instead of short-term wins. It's the same in life and in business, I guess. Stop looking for short-term wins. and I say, look, i'll finish off on this topic and we'll we'll get into the show was that from around the age of 19 so i went to europe at the age of 19 18 actually going into my 19th year or in my 19th year from then until the age of 28 um i was drinking and going nuts still fit by the way get that clear i have some respect i've never been a fatty but but then I went into like a delinquent stage um, where I was drinking like crazy in my late twenties and that didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. And I didn't have quality of life as, as fit as I was. I wasn't actually healthy because mentally, where was I? Relationships are important, you know, sort of that behavior affects all these things. But if you're looking for quality of life, I guess only you can answer what quality of life is. So for me, I need my family relations now to be optimal. Like if my mom and sister are not okay, then it affects my quality of life. Doesn't matter. I could run 500 milers and win and it wouldn't be as sweet. So maybe maybe you can start there. Maybe it's an easy place to start and say, what does quality of life mean for me? And that's probably an easy place to start then because then you can address those things. I don't know what your stuff is. Maybe your relationship Start there, whatever. I don't, I don't know where you are in your life, but what does quality of life mean to you? And then you can start addressing those things for yourself, and pretty quickly, as most things, when you, when you apply some thought to them. And the point to my delinquent story was that I spent a decade mucking up, or doing my best to muck up my life. You, you don't just get to turn it around over um, a year, like, you know. You're going to have to invest five years into this thing just to lay the foundation. It's easy enough for me to get up at 4 a.m. now and go to the gym because I've spent sort of six years doing it. It's what I do now and it's a part of who I am. Your repeated behavior becomes your character. So quality of life, I would focus on that. So my point with telling you the decade of delinquency is that you can't look for, there are no miracles in life. And that's really hard for people to hear because we live in a time where I just want to lose 5 kgs. You're going to feel even worse when you trip up in six months and you've gained 8 kgs. It's just how it works. I hate to tell you. And I'm not the good news police. Sorry. Keep it real. You know what I'm saying? I am dying. It's incredible how terrible I feel. Haven't felt this bad in a while. All right. No one cares. I'm not brave. It's fine. It's fine. So I've still got I'm actually doing this in my bedroom, by the way, so if you can hear, I don't know, there's all sorts of things happening in my complex, everyone's decided that they're going to saw and hammer today, which is great, it's what you need when you, when you feel like you're dying. All right, let's get into the show, MKT show by the way, in case you thought you were on Oprah or whatever, I thought I'd address those questions because today's a slightly different show, I'm all alone at home. Rory, I am so Rory, all of my own. Oh. Shout out if you know where that's from. All right, as I do every week, where I was right, where I was wrong. What a week in sport! Every week I say this. Football's a great thing, isn't it? Great to have it back, by the way. All right, where I was right. Um, listen, Man United firing Oli was a mistake. That nothing's changed under uh, Ralph Ranick. That's because the players haven't changed. The culture hasn't changed. At that level, players run the club. Dressing rooms run themselves. Dressing rooms run themselves. Oli was a, was a mediocre option for a mediocre club. Probably should have stuck with him because what you need to do is start setting a precedent. Everything, if you want to win in life, needs structure. Man United, who's in charge there? Absolute mess. Ralph Ranić, wow. Absolutely incredible situation he's been thrown into. Where I was wrong, Antonio Conte is doing it at Spurs. He's doing it. I, I, I mean, he's turned Harry Kane around. I don't know what Harry Kane's been doing. It makes me question, if I'm Man United, do I want Harry Kane? I mean, the dip in form. I thought he was a professional. Harry, what's going on there? Anyway, here we are. Spurs, now front runners for top four. They are flying. Paul Merson, a little harsh saying they're a one-man team. I mean, Sonny Young-min, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Where I was right, Cristiano Ronaldo made a mistake. And, you know, I was talking to somebody about some stuff that's gone on recently. And we were talking about something which she always talks to me about is you got to make smart decisions, right? Not emotional ones. Don't make emotional decisions. Make smart decisions. If you're 10 years old and you want to eat ice cream for breakfast, I forgive you. If you're 35 years old and you're still doing that, do me a favor. But right? it's okay for children to make emotional decisions. But when you're a grown-up, make smart decisions, not emotional decisions. Cristiano Ronaldo made his first emotional decision and it it has been a calamity and i told you it would cause tension because he's at the peak level man united rms where i was wrong arsenal are on the right path and it looks like they're going to stick with it i thought they might bend and break uh, with arteta but they they certainly going to stick with him and when they got rid of obama it was like okay okay we're all in here arteta's the guy now everybody knows where the power center is it's vital to have that. And, and they've they've looked at Mikel Arteta and they say, your hair is so black, it's unbelievable. You, 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 look, you look like a Super Saiyan mythical character. It's ridiculous. That guy dyes his hair, doesn't he? Arsenal on the right path, I was dead wrong there. Where I was right, Frank Lampard nearly got Chelsea relegated. What were Everton doing? Five losses and seven now, haven't won an away game, and it's precarious. Tonight is huge. Everton play Burnley tonight. Burnley win that. Everton are on the rocks. And if I'm Everton, I would still consider right now, right? In life, when you make a mistake, the worst thing you can do is stick with that mistake out of your ego. I'd still go and get Sam Allardyce now. I would still go and get Sam Allardyce now. I don't know what they were doing with Frank Lampard. I told you he nearly got Chelsea relegated. I don't know what they were doing. Lampard, lost 5-7. and seven. Where I was wrong, Liverpool are in the Premier League hunt. It's... Uh... Listen, Gucci man Jack Grealish. Um, and listen, every player takes a season to adjust to Pep Guardiola's demands. It's not first season. He, he's just so demanding, so, so idiosyncratic. And Jack Grealish has probably never in his whole life had anybody demand anything of him. Remember, he's been a Villa guy his whole life. He's a Brunny, they've protected him there. I said this when he came to Man City, was all of the things where it was brilliant at Aston Villa are expected at Man City. A personality like Jack Grealish likes the affirmation. And Pep Guardiola says, I've had Ronaldinho, pal. I've been around Ronaldinho. I was around Ronaldo, the original R9. Leo Messi, Xavi, I've seen the things you're doing, pal. Get on with it. Stop standing and watching your passes. And... Listen, it's been tough for Man City to get Jack Grealish going, and I think that's tough. And they also don't have a number nine. I think the Harry Kane thing is now coming back to haunt them. Is I don't know what the story is with Gabriel Jesus. Anyway, I was wrong. Liverpool are in the hunt. Where I was right, Chelsea are too young to compete inconsistent. The injuries, Chilwell, uh, Reese James, you can't make Reese James a starter at this age. Now, Trent is... But Reese James has an interesting body type. Now, this is not to body shame, but that body type generally, especially when you're younger, probably needs a little bit more work because the BBW wingback, right? He's got to bring it in a little bit. Uh, The puppy fat's still there with Reese James. And considering what a freak athlete he is and how he gets up and down, that body type needs to have the core be so strong right? You look at a guy like Luke Shaw. I mean, now Rhys James is nowhere near that bloated, but Rhys James has that potential. Like, I know a lot of people where even if they're strong and fit, they're always on the precipice. And I feel like Rhys James has that body type where he's almost, he needs the Cristiano Ronaldo level of commitment. Otherwise, it goes the wrong way. Just that body type. Some people have that body type. I don't know if it's genetic. I don't know what's happening with Rhys James. But he's got that body type where... And Chilwell has that as well. You, do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's that body type where they, they're they always on the precipice in terms of body shape. And I think Rhys James has that problem. He's going to need to get on the Cristiano Ronaldo exercise level and stay on it. Some of us genetically just have it where the weight doesn't come on. And at Premier League level, the way Rhys James moves about as well... At his age, Trent Alexander Arnold can do it because he's a rake. He's as thin as a rake. So he isn't putting that strain on his knees, back, etc. Reese James, BBW, um, Chelsea, too young to compete. Uh, where I was wrong, Ruben Loftus' cheek, I thought was good enough. Technical, massive body shape. But he's just not good enough. He's not good enough for top six. It didn't work at, at you know, the players' manager at Fulham. I wondered why. Now I'm seeing one. He's not good enough. He's not good enough and I was dead wrong there. Where I was right, if you're an Arsenal fan, close your ears. But I told you the problem with Kieran Tierney were the injuries. I told you. He's too injury prone and injured young is injured old. He had two travesty injuries at Celtic. That's why you could get him for 25 million. Because really, he's a Real Madrid left back. He's, I mean, Tierney is the complete modern day package. The greatest ability is availability. There's a reason why Kierantini went to Arsenal and Chelsea weren't in and Man City weren't in. Because, listen, Man City—he's better than Mendy, right? He's better than Zinchenko. He's good enough to be at Man City. But these guys at the top level, they do their research. They say, we already saw two massive injuries before the age of 25 at Celtic. No, thank you. Arsenal say we're a little bit desperate. We can see the player and he's a tremendous leader. Tremendous leader. But availability, gratis ability, I was dead right on Kieran Tierney. Two injury prone, he's now out. It probably, as you saw, Nuno Tavares, awful, right? Had to be pulled again. He was pulled after 35 minutes of the FA Cup, pulled at halftime uh, against Crystal Palace. It probably tips the tip, top four race in Tottenham's favor. It probably does. Two of those goals were Tavares' fault, or at least came from that side against Crystal Palace. Kieran Tenney, a monster of a player, but unfortunately. And he's got the Rhys James thing as well. That body shape, like if you've played sport, you know what I mean. There, There are those people that are genetic freaks. And Luke Shaw seems to be one of those, but Shaw can't keep the weight under control, which is why the ankles and the knees are always giving him trouble. Because at that level, the demands of what you're having to do you just cannot be putting extra strain on your joints. It, it, and, and football is the most dynamic sport in the world. I mean, you're moving in a 360 direction. You, you've got to be in tip-top shape. 60 games a season. Especially the younger you are. I think 28 to 30, you, can, you, you, you would have built the body. Like Frank Lampard, he built that body and became a machine from 26 onwards. DeReece James, Tierney these guys chill well they probably need to get on that Lampard, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, work ethic T- Kieran Tierney and then I'll finish off um, where I was wrong I thought Man United would have learned their lesson with Paul Pogba he should have gone at the beginning of the season and now you're seeing why he should have gone I told you w- with a personality like Paul Pogba you can't tolerate that guy he's gonna take over your football club and he has done and if he's gonna be your tastemaker you can't win It'll be fun. It'll be up and down, but I'm afraid Paul Pogba is a a backup singer masquerading as a lead singer. He looks like a lead singer, but he's a backup singer. It doesn't work when you make Paul Pogba the center of your club or international team. We've seen with France now, without Matuidi, it, it ain't the same. No Vidal, no Marquisio, no Perlo. Pogba's never won on his own. Never. Because he looks so much, and I know a lot of people who look like the guy, who look like the girl. And then you start to press them, right? You start to work on them, and you put them under pressure. And then you go, oh, no. Ability is only one part of it, right? The Roy, he's, he's so much more naturally talented than Roy Keane. But Roy Keane could withstand pressure, right? Frank Lampard withstood pressure. You absorb that pressure. For Pogba, he responds to all of it, and it breaks him. These top, top guys, Bernardo Silva, uh, the, these top guys, Vincent Kompany, when you're looking at these top guys, Gary Neville back in the day, it's not, a, it's a, ability is one part of it. Everyone's talented at that level. But can you withstand and absorb pressure? And poor Pogba, as far as I'm concerned, has not been able to. And every time there's pressure, something happens in the media, Mina Reola has to come out and defend him. Nonsense. In Manchester United you should have got rid of him and it's you know the effect of not getting rid of Paul Pogba sets Man United back another year in their recovery cycle because not only are you going to have to find a place for him to go but you're going to have to replace him right and within the dressing room it seems like he's a like guy he's a pro's pro what do you do about the guys who go you failed him as a club you've let yourself down you should have at Arteta style he should have gone like Aubameyang did But it's too late. I was wrong. I thought United would learn from their lessons of the last five years. It's the sixth year at Man United. What more do you need to see from this guy to realize that he's not a winner? He can be a backup singer. He can be a squad player in a winning team. You cannot have him as the pinup guy. He's not Roy Keane. He's not Nemanja Vidic. He's not these guys. Don't mistake talent for winning. Talent's everywhere. Dimitri Payet was talented. Frank Lampard was a winner. I know we live in a time where Instagram is awesome and Pogba is the king of social media. But winners win. Paul Pogba is not. I I hate to say it. He's not a winner. He's not an alpha dog. Paul Pogba is not an alpha. He looks like it. Because I know it looks like it. 6'3", massive technical ability. He should be the alpha. He's not an alpha. He's a follower. I, listen, I'll tell you the story all the time. If you went to a boys' school or if you've been in a high-performance environment, you might, you might have it at work right now where your boss goes and picks a, a leader, but nobody listens to them. You listen to somebody, and it's clear who, maybe in your sales team, you know who the manager is. You might have a sales manager, but when, when the team needs that extra 10, 20,000 rand, there's a certain member of the team you go to and go what do you think we should do what direction should we take and I tell people all the time in boarding school Paul Pogba is like Adidas have picked him because he's the guy right now for the culture right but in reality like footballers can see footballers can see what's going on and it used to happen all the time in school coaches would pick captains and head boys and we'd say you sit down here's our captain The dressing rooms run themselves, and at some stage, guys know, he ain't the guy. Which which I don't think is an insult to Paul Polman, because the results are clear. Anywhere he's been without strong leadership, he hasn't won. Simple as that. He has not won where there's leadership, and when he's a part of the band, awesome. Lead man, ugh, ugly. 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 So, yeah, there's that. Uh, that's where I was right. That's where I was wrong. I want to I wanna quickly talk about Jurgen Klopp, right? And Warren Buffett has such a great saying. Because everybody talks about Jurgen in this light, like he's Fergie. Or Mourinho. Or, you know, these multiple Pep even. Pep, Pep I would say, is in that mix. And I find it hysterical that people say Pep is a money manager, Man United have tried to spend all the money in the world, and look what happened. If it was just about money, Man United have spent more money than anybody in the last six years. They've spent a billion pounds. They've spent more money than anybody. If Pep was just a checkbook manager, United would have done it, right? Unfortunately, it hasn't worked that way. PSG would just win everything. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Potch is finding out. Thomas Tuchel found out. Checkbook is not a solution to anything. Money doesn't change you. It makes you more of who you are. But what I find interesting about Jürgen is everybody talks about him in this light. And I'm like, the guy's won one title. It's, it's such a mystery to me. But I realize it's a it's a personality defect in me, which I addressed a little bit earlier. Like I'm not that interested in how I make people, or in how people feel. I care what's true. But it turns out, if I'm correct in observing things, it doesn't matter how you make people feel because we're emotional beings. And Jurgen Klopp makes people feel good. Warren Buffett's great saying is, price is what you pay, value is what you get. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. And Jurgen Klopp makes Liverpool fans feel good. He feels like a guy you can hang out with and he makes people feel good. And you know the Diaz signing 50 mil, Robertson sensational, Virgil van Dyke. you compare Maguire to van Dyke. I think it's very, very clear. Jürgen makes people feel good. And football is that. It's a fanatical sport. Fans is short for fanatical. You're supposed to be fanatical. Jürgen Klopp makes people feel good. And I realize how important that is. That's why people give him a break. If you make people feel good, they'll give you a break. That They'll lord you more than you... I mean, Jürgen's one title into it. It's one title in 30 years. i got Liverpool fans telling me he's one of the greatest managers the Premier League's ever seen. I'm like, Claudio Ranieri's got one title. Do me a favor. But Jürgen makes people feel good. And ultimately with Jürgen... It has been a price is what you pay, value is what you get. He's extracting all the value out of Virgil van Dyke, Robertson, Fabinho, and all these guys, to an extent. To an extent. But he makes people feel good. The football's cut and thrust. Right? And he feels like a guy you can hang out with. And I think that's why Jürgen gets the praise that he does. And, and here they are again talking about a quadruple, but they're in the mix. Even if, even if he just wins the League Cup, which I think is what's going to happen... He makes Liverpool fans feel good. He makes them feel good. There's a feel-good intensity and factor about Liverpool. And what it tells you is that Liverpool have gotten back for the pound far more than Man United have over the last few years. And that makes people feel good. Fans don't care what you pay. What's the value we get? And Diaz has been a smash hit. And I'll tell you what Jürgen does is he leaves the foundation and the club better than he founded. And that makes fans feel good. Because ultimately, I think deep down, all, all knowledgeable sports fans are realistic people. Just put us in the mix. Put us in the mix. We know we can't win every season. There's Chelsea. There's Man City. Liverpool fans beyond the banter probably know they aren't at the the level of those two clubs because winning is a culture thing. Um, Liverpool are 30 years off winning, right? It's been one title in 30 years. But Jurgen makes them feel good. That's why people talk about him. So a good lesson for me, just observing this guy, he makes people feel good so they rate him higher than he is. Because Jurgen Klopp, I'm sorry, should not be in the conversation with Mourinho. Forget about Fergie. That's a whole different conversation. Forget about Wenger. He should not be in the conversation with Mourinho. And I don't think with Pep, football's a winning sport. And, and also, do me a favor. He broke the world record for the goalkeeper, center back, Fabinho's 50 million, 70 mil for Keita. So please, he spent money. But unlike Mourinho, he leaves people with a good feeling. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. Price is what you pay. Value is what you get. And, and Jürgen's good value. He's good value. Good entertainment, good clips. And, and he brings a, a feel-good factor to Liverpool. Is he going to win anymore? Probably not. I mean, Man City are going to get Erling Haaland. And Pep's going to finish up with Erling Haaland at strike next season. They might win the, the league by January. I don't think... I think Jürgen's winning is done but he makes people feel good. And I realized that yesterday, the DS signing again, another 150 mil. Wow, wow. So to all the haters, think about that. Maybe I'm a hater, but like in the cold light of day, Jürgen is just another manager, you, you, you know. So Dalglish has a Premier League title. So I, don't, don't, don't give me the fuzzy stuff. Right, Roberto Di Matteo has a Champions League title. Do me a favor. Jürgen's won one title. But he makes people feel good. And it seems that's important. I think Liverpool fans feel like we've paid a high price. But we've got good value. Robertson. Virgil. Konate. Right? Fabinho. Mane. Salah. Think of what... I mean Salah's cost him what 39 million. Sancho's cost Man United over 70 million. Whew. Scary when you put it that way, right? Sadio Mane and Mo Salah cost less than Sancho on his own. Just about they're about the same. It's about I think it's about 80 million between the two. So it's just about uh Sancho going to cost about 73 million in the end when everything adds up together. So you're talking about two of the most dominant in the last half decade, two of the most dominant Premier League players, right? And Sancho cost that on his own. Oh boy. Both those players cost less less than Harry Maguire combined. Mo Salah, Sadio Mane. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. Jurgen Klopp, good value. Like also, Liverpool fans, slow down. We're into year seven. It's one title in. It's one title. I understand that he makes you feel good, and it turns out that's important. That's why Jurgen gets the love. I've been wondering what is it about this guy. Price is what you pay. Value is what you get. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do about feeling better. Um, tomorrow back in the studio. No excuses. Even if I'm dying, it, it'll it'll be back to that. There's there's a guy with the biggest hammer in the world outside of my window and he's decided this is the time to hammer. Like, oh, you're doing a podcast? I'm gonna take off all morning until you start recording. Massive hammer, it must be Thor's hammer, it's huge. Hear, I'm pretty sure you can hear it on the mic. But um, hopefully I feel better tomorrow. Even if I don't, I'll be in studio and we'll make sure that uh, we're back on track. Remember, to um, the, the brand new episodes of the Know Your Power podcast are out. They're out on YouTube out on uh, Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. So a lot of people are also struggling to find the podcast, spread spread the good news. Search for the MKT Show. It's moved from Cliff Central. It is now under the MKT Network. The MKT Show Network. Uh, Go and look for that. Subscribe to that. That's where the new episodes come out. No longer on Cliff Central. Spread the gospel. Um, The Know Your Power podcast available, of course, YouTube, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Know Your Power. Proudly brought to you by us and the VW Amarok guys. Siawele Sonata, awesome guy. I got to meet him about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Sensational human, sensational human. Very few times in life, they, they say don't meet your heroes. You, in this case, you should. If you ever, if you see that guy, dap him up and say, I said he's a legend. Cause I met him and he hung out for like an hour with me, shooting the breeze, just about life in general. thought that was awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. I'm motto for Winfrey, Larry King is my idol. And for now, we are the hell. Out here. the professional on the show you know, I, I, I stayed diplomatic I'm, I'm basically Switzerland here yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's in the east that's in the east of Joburg that, that is some development you, you know you, you live next to the airport and you move up uh, to, to being one of the greatest sportsmen on the planet the real power is not about being a great sportsman the real power lies between you unlocking all these fears in your life to make sure that you make up a great human being That's where the real pie is, pie is, pie is, pie is.